What's up, beautiful people? Hey we guys. are back with our podcast, the What's Up, Beautiful People podcast. We are so glad that you're here watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening to podcasts. We're so thankful that you're here. If you have not already subscribed, we would love for you to do that. Just going to say that right out the gate. But uh, we missed you guys since last week. <laughs> we are back with video this time, too. Apparently, we filmed a couple of these guys and uh, the video didn't capture. So we have been uh, audio only the last couple of weeks and uh, we're back with video. So we are in uh, these little handy dandy headphones yeah so we can hear ourselves better <laughs> i think that helps with the audio too so i've been hardcore in the gym because i knew this day was coming where i was gonna have to sit and have a video podcast again i'm <laughs> just joking <laughs> i have issues with my body image guys because uh, actually that kind of is what we're going to be talking about today sticks and stones may break my bones but words might jack me up forever I always heard the phrase sticks and stones may break my bones but words may never hurt me mm. when I was a kid Did you ever hear that yeah that was definitely a common thing from our childhood I think I think everybody thought that and uh, it's like well-meaning but actually can be very detrimental for people who yeah. are very very wounded by yeah words that can be uh, super harmful What's the other one? It was like, I'm rubber and you're glue. Everything you say to me bounces off to off of me and sticks to you. Oh, Did you wow. ever do that one? No, I didn't hear that no. one. No. The thing is, this is all BS. <laughs> Let's just say it for real. Like, the fact of the matter is our words really do matter. Like, our words really count. And they tend to stick with us. They tend to haunt us. Um, maybe some more than others, uh, you know, but I'm sure that, you know, we were just kind of talking about this before, uh, the episode, just kind of thinking about some of the things that maybe have been said to us, even from our childhood. And now we're in our late thirties. Well, you're still in your upper mid thirties. <laughs> I'm in my late thirties. 37 is late. 30s. 37 is still upper mid. Whatever. Okay. When you're yeah. 30, <laughs> we've, got, we've got a whole thing. It's like, you've got your, your lower thirties, right? Your early thirties. That's your 30. 31, you know, 32, and then you got your mid, your, your lower mid, that's, that's 33. <laughs> your mid is 34, Whatever 35, 36. Whatever you say to make yourself feel better. I'm like, it's like. I'm almost 40, guys. I yeah. am my upper. I am my upper 30s because I'll be 40 in like eight months, which is yeah. nuts. The big 4-0. I'm going to get a black balloon. It's going to be awesome. Is that is 40 the black balloon birthday? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard that. I don't know. All I know is that we're going to be in like Italy or something. Mm, or I Iceland. Would, I would love that. Amanda's going to surprise me with a trip to <laughs> Iceland for my birthday next oh, year. Oh, I'm just hearing it. For the big 4 I need to take notes. Either Iceland or maybe she could surprise me with a trip to New Zealand or mm. trip to Switzerland or something like that. You know, okay it's the 40th that. birthday. That is a big deal. It's a big one. Yeah. And yes. I'm just always looking for an excuse to do something fun. I mean, we both are, but <laughs> yeah, I would be okay with that. I think I would be too. So that, uh, that said, you know, upper thirties, right. Yep. And there are still things that were said to us in our childhood, uh, that has stuck with us and shaped us. And that's not to say that we don't take personal responsibility for our lives and for our outcomes. And as much as it's up to us, uh, but I, but I do think it's pretty hard to avoid the fact that like the things that happened to you in early childhood and even in all those developmental years and even recently, I mean, gosh, like yeah. at any point in your life, something can be said to you and it will just be there in, in the back of your mind. Mm -hmm. 
so for example, for me, you know, I was very overweight uh, all growing up, 300, 300 pounds in high school. Um, I, I always say I was like uh, five, three, 300 pounds. I was like a blueberry. If you kick me over, you could just kick me out, like roll me out the door, um, which is sort of like, I guess, imagery I got from Willy Wonka. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Augustus, no. Uh, wait, it wasn't Augustus that became the blueberry. No, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was Veruca. No. Yeah, she became... No, 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 no. Violet. it was violet. violet was You're turning, turning violet, violet. violet? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I, that's, I guess where I got that imagery from, but I, I still remember. Um, and actually there's a story in uh, our beautiful people segment later on in the episode that we're going to talk about this, but, uh, from a different, you know, person like gym class was always brutal for me, you know, cause people would, they would just shout the meanest things in gym class, like, uh, hey, fatty, hey, Toby, you know, and like we'd be trying to run around the gym and uh, it, if we put a donut in front of him, he'd probably run faster, you know, or, uh, you know, there was one time we were we were running around uh, the track outside around the football field and all these kids like hid behind the uh the bleachers with rocks. And when I ran by, they just started throwing rocks at me, you know, Hey titties, which I thought was like totally the, uh, the most original fat name to give me. Mm -hmm. So those were just things like, you know, through middle school and even on into early high school, uh, my sophomore year, even I remember that a lot of the football players pushed me into the locker and like poured all their soda all over my head. So like, that was like pretty, pretty impactful. Right. So sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may jack me up forever. Uh, and, and you said that like that, there was something that kind of switched in you where you're like, I never want to feel this way again. So I'm going to become yeah. the kind of person that everyone likes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I literally changed from this sort of like, you know, artsy fartsy <laughs> you know, introverted, like, you know, whatever to be this extroverted, you know, guy who wanted everyone to like him you know so when you met me I mean that was the thing like I I was like trying to be friends with everybody supers were nice to everybody I mean I was always very kind to people I think yeah but, a friendly um, person but. but I just really needed to be liked I needed to be you know well thought of and I needed to be successful and that's you know that's when I really started lifting weights and working out and I lost 100 pounds after high school and I, you met me though before I lost the weight. Yeah. And you like your senior year. Yeah. And I was a sophomore. Um, and that one of the first things I noticed about you was that you were friends with everyone and you talked to everyone. And I just, I did think that was really remarkable because most people kind of, they have their group or they kind of stick to themselves, but you, um, you were kind of that rare person that like was social with everyone and everyone mm -hmm. knew everyone liked, um, but it's really heartbreaking to hear the story behind why you felt so motivated. You know, it just, I think bullying in general is really heartbreaking and it is so impactful on kids and it can go various ways. Some kids, they're resolved that, you know, they're, they're going to win people over and they're going to yeah. make friends and, you know, they're going to be successful and they're going to, you know, show those kids that they, they're worth something. And, you know, other kids, like it, it can go, it can be, so detrimental right mm -hmm. i mean it's detrimental either way but sure. like yeah some kids with bullying you know it can just be heartbreaking because some people can't cope with that right you know yeah. um and, and either way like having to cope with it in any way is mm -hmm. obviously devastating and yeah. so um it breaks my heart to hear every time 
you tell those stories. And I, I know I've heard them a lot because we've been married for 19 <laughs> years now, but I still like want to just cry when I hear those stories because it is just heartbreaking that people can be so vicious with their words. Mm. So, yeah, I, th- I think what's hard is that, you know, with bullying and this isn't really an episode about bullying necessarily. I mean, it is because I, I think if you're listening to this and you, you know, have had those words spoken to you in your life that have stuck with you, have haunted you, have shaped you, have uh, caused you to struggle. Like you need to know that like you're worthy, you're wanted, you matter, you are beautiful, you know? And um, hopefully in that way we can encourage you that like, you're not the harmful words that were spoken to you. And it may be that you never get the healing that you need from those people. Right. Because they may be, not around anymore. You may not have access to them. You may have lost touch. I mean, there's a million reasons why you may never get the healing that you need from that, but you can still pursue healing. You can still uh, replace the lies that were spoken to you um, with the truth of who you are. And, you know, we come, we come at this podcast, we're Christians. And so, um, you know, as Christians, like one of the most wonderful things that I can tell myself is that I am made in the image of God and that I am loved by Jesus, uh, that he died on a cross to save me. He purchased me with his blood. He redeemed me, right? He uh, adopted me into his family, called me a son, called Amanda a daughter, filled me with this Holy Spirit, which is, you know, crazy and mysterious and wonderful, gave me eternal hope, gave me an eternal uh, future, a joy, like an inheritance in heaven. Like this is all stuff that it's, it's who I truly am, that he has given me a better identity than anything that I could ever have gained or lost from my own actions, whether that's uh, ways that I've messed up or that anyone else can, imp- you know, impute to me or whatever with the words that they're saying to me. Like I know what's true and I know what's not true. And sometimes I fall for the lie that's not true. And I believe the lie that's not true, that I am this thing or whatever, rather than who I know I actually am. But I think that's the the power of words too, is that like our words, our self-talk, what we're listening to really do shape us, shape the way we view ourselves, shape the way we view each other, shape the way we view the world around us, shape the way we view God. Like there's life and death in the words, in our words. And I think it's also important to be uh, really mindful of how words have affected you because so often that does change the way that you view yourself, the way that you view the world around you and the way that you view, you know, how you show up Mm -hmm. in the world. And so um, it's just, it's, it's been really eye-opening, I think especially in more recent years, um, just being able to do some of that hard work of like um, therapy and counseling just to kind of recognize the ways that e- even your childhood mm. has affected you. And I think, you know, we can all relate to that and like understand like we have, we all have different um, triggers and stress points and things that affect us in ways that we wonder like, okay, so where did that come from? And a lot of times it can be traced back to, your childhood or early adulthood. Um, I just think that the, the things that we've gone through and the way that we've been spoken to shapes us so profoundly. And it takes a lot of intentionality 
to be able to do that hard work of understanding why you think the way that you think and feel the way that you feel. And that ultimately um, dictates how you are going to then interact with those around you. Mm -hmm. So you want to be a healthy version of yourself so that you can then be the healthiest version for other people as Mm -hmm. well. But that can be kind of scary to do that, that work to like understand um, the trauma that you've been through. I think everyone's been through trauma in various ways and some in like very horrific ways. Right. Um, we're parenting kids who have been through really hard things. Some of our kids have. And I think early on in that process, it was, I, I would say we got a lot of really great training, but it was, um, it was, I think we were maybe a little naive up to the extent that things can affect you long term. Sure. Yeah. And so um, I think that's been very eye-opening for us as we parent and also then kind of reflective eye-opening into how we um, operate as as parents and as spouses and as friends and just in the world, like how much that can affect you. And words are a huge part of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think part of it is that, you know, so for me, um, one of my defense mechanisms or coping mechanisms for dealing with the words that were being spoken to me early on was to really get good at the comeback, you know, like get good with my words so that if you're going to wound me with my, with your words, I'm just going to, I'm going to go deeper. You know what I mean? So I remember one time, you know, I talk about this in the book. There's actually, this is a based on a chapter in the book called sticks and stones may break my bones, but words might jack me up forever. And I'm talking about, um, this one particular instance. I remember this kid, he's a huge football player kid. And, uh, uh, we're on the bus and like, I'm, you know, sitting in this seat and this kid's like, get out of my seat, fatty tubby. And I was like, oh, that's really original. Well, you'll tell you what, you know, and this is so cheesy now. I think about it as like so cheesy. You're like 90s kids. I was, like, I was like, you know, I may be fat, but you're ugly. And I can always lose weight, but you're always going to be ugly. What'd you say to me, boy? What'd you say? You know, like he just, you know, and I'm, I mean, there's no way I can win this fight with this guy. You know, like literally he was huge. Uh, so I had to get under his skin and, uh, we get off the bus. He's like, meet me after, after school, after we get back up, you know, whatever. Cause we were on a field trip and I'm, I like <laughs> leave as quick as I can to try to escape him. And I'm just getting water and he just walks up and beats the heck out of my face while I'm drinking water. And I just, all I could think of to do, I, I get up and I'm like, really dude, that's, that's as hard as you can hit. Like I was really expecting a lot worse from you, but man, you should probably, you know, go to the gym and come back and see me whenever you're, you know, a little strong. Like, again, super, As super you, like, cheesy. Away. But I like, uh, my look in the mirror, my face was so red. It was a Friday afternoon. Thank God I had the weekend to heal up, whatever. But, I, you know, those are the things that sort of like, as a defense mechanism, I became extremely sarcastic, extremely passive aggressive, extremely, you know, and maybe some of that's naturally there anyway, but like, like, I just, I knew like, I'm not going to be violent, but I'm going to be good with, you know, cutting people down if I'm, if I'm going to need to. So like the hard thing is that I said as a kid, like, I'm never going to bully people. I'm never going to hurt people with, you know, I'm never going to talk down to people, whatever. I'm just going to encourage people, you know? Hmm. And then like fast forward and I have a whole chapter and then some of like really stupid things that I've said to people 
and, and ways that, I mean, I think about you and me, and this is maybe the stupidest thing I have ever said to you. <laughs> we were in the middle of an yeah. argument as people tend to be sometimes when they're married and they, you know, live I together. Do you remember what we were arguing about? I have no idea what we were arguing I. I, don't, I don't even think it was something that important. But I remember what I said. Yeah. You, you kind of got a little loud. And, uh, and I said, Amanda, don't yell. It's so unbecoming. Or yeah. it's not becoming of you it's or not something. Not becoming of you. <laughs> I don't know if and I've then ever, I died. like, just seen stars, like, the way that I did in that moment. I was just like, <laughs> this man wants to die. Yeah. Like, uh, it, was, it was crazy. But, like, that, that is, for you, like, a, a defense mechanism. If you feel like um, you're being misunderstood or you feel like you're not able to get your point across or whatever, yeah, that can be kind of the way that you yeah. defend yourself. Yeah. And, there's been a lot of work that we've had to do in our marriage because yeah. I'd say I'm more of uh, the aggressive one when it comes to speech and you're more of the passive aggressive. Yes. But I will also say for a long time, I had a really hard time opening up. Um, and so I would kind of shut down if I felt mm -hmm. like um, I, it wasn't okay for me to express my opinion or share something or if I started to and I felt like it wasn't being received or wasn't um being cared about mm -hmm. th then I would kind of shut down yeah and I think that caused problems early on in our marriage too because I know a lot of times Stephen would say I can't read your mind I don't know <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking I need you to be clear yeah. with me on this um and so I remember at one point being like, I'm going to just start being so very clear with this man, you know, <laughs> um, that doesn't go that well either, because then it's like, you can be real clear, but if you're being really clear, but then they feel threatened and then they're passive aggressive, that's just going to lead to more conflict. <laughs> yeah. I, so it's like, what is the three C's of good communication? Calm, clear, and concise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think if yeah. we could ever ever get those three all together we usually get one or two at a time it would be like <laughs> money it would be like gold our marriage would be like literally people would write yeah. books about our marriage in a hundred years people <laughs> would be like that was the greatest marriage of all time they were calm clear and concise i will say communication now let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor for today's episode athletic greens ag1 has been a lifesaver guys we started taking it because who doesn't want to take their health to the next level so we take it everywhere we go, and it's an easy way to get all our vitamins and minerals in one scoop every morning. We've even gotten some of the kids on it, which is rare for a greens powder, and it tastes pretty good. And we put it in our smoothies or our drinks each morning. Just one scoop, guys, and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. And it supports better sleep quality and recovery, as well as mental clarity and alertness. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash W-U-B-P. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash W-U-B-P to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You can't make someone heal but you can be an agent of reconciliation by giving them words of life that can help them choose healing. I think at most people's core, they don't want to be wallowing in their pain from the hurtful words spoken to them. I know I don't want to. I'm sure you don't either. Most of us just need a little nudge to help us forgive and find peace. But if I had to guess, a lot of people are walking around with unhealed wounds and will never get half the apologies they deserve or need to hear. 
You're probably one of those people. So am I. If we ourselves need apologies, wouldn't we want to be people who give them to others, both for their sakes and for our own? I think the world would be a lot safer place if we did. We're all going to say things we don't mean sometimes, or even things we do mean but haven't fully considered the ramifications of letting them loose on someone else. We will wound and torture others with our carelessly expressed thoughts. That's part of being human. We all get it wrong sometimes. Hear me now. You are not the hurtful things you have said. The careless words you have spoken are not the final word. The pain you may have caused doesn't define you, but it can refine you. As I get older, after failing at this more times than I can count, I'm trying my best to slow down and count the cost of my words. I'm learning the weight of every syllable and sound, the consequences of every consonant and vowel. There's an old adage that God gives us two ears and one mouth so that we would listen twice as much as we speak. I'm finding this to be true now more than ever. Going back to the wisdom of James, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. James chapter 1 verse 19. I'm learning to listen far more than I speak, encourage far more than I criticize, build up far more than I tear down, keep my thoughts to myself every once in a while, not need to know everything or fix everything. I still stink at it, but these days, I'm trying to not be defensive when I mess up. I would rather admit my failure as quickly as possible and ask for forgiveness the first chance I get. I want to be a life dealer with my words. If you enjoyed that clip from The Art of Getting It Wrong, you can always go to Audible and listen to the entire thing, or wherever books are sold, you can get a physical copy as well. And now, back to the podcast. I will say, um, you know, it takes a lot of hard work yeah. um, to have a good marriage, and it takes a lot of intentionality to build good communication into your marriage. And I think this, you know, different couples maybe have different dynamics. And maybe this is a little bit easier for some couples and a little bit more challenging for others. Stephen and I are obviously in a lot of ways opposites. Mm -hmm. I'm much more introverted. He's much more extroverted. Um, I'm more like detail oriented. He's the big picture guy. Um, I'm going to be more assertive in how I talk. He's going to be more passive, aggressive, which is really challenging when that shows I would up say to I'm, me. I would say I'm pretty assertive in general. In, yeah, but in when I you... feel attacked, I I get more passive aggressive. Yeah, I get defensive. And that comes back to, in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. those feelings of needing to be understood, needing to be liked, needing right. to be uh, not to not feel like I don't matter to not feel yeah. worthless, to not feel unvalued or, you know, unseen or And that's whatever. what's so crazy is like, there's so many times where in our marriage we'll be talking about something and you can tell like there's a, a deeper lying yeah. reason behind the way that we react to certain things. Something that would, you know, in my mind be like, why is this even a thing? Like, why are we, why, like, how are we not on the same page yeah. about this? Our therapist calls it the basement. What's in the basement? That's the surface level. What's in the basement that's right. causing it? Yeah. But it's so true that so oftentimes things from our past inform how we feel about certain things or why, why we might be extra sensitive about certain mm -hmm. things. And you and I both have that. Those things that have just um, been really challenging to walk through in various yeah. seasons of our life. And so that, that does um, affect how you 
how you process through things and then the words that you then speak out. Like mm-hmm. you have to be really intentional about not just being reactive yeah. in your own words because I think we all know what it's like to be talked to in a way that hurts or cuts. Mm-hmm. And the last thing that I think any of us want to do is then turn around and do that to yeah. other people, right? Yeah. But that takes a lot of hard work to um, be really reflective on what is going on inside of you mm-hmm. and then making that conscious choice to speak encouragement and life um, to others, even if you're feeling a little raw, maybe, yeah. you know, from, from things from your past, but yeah, it's but it, not even necessarily even just from your past. I mean, it could be, I mean, I guess everything that's already happened is past, but it could be recent past. I mean, it could be, yeah. you're feeling raw from something that happened five minutes ago, you right. know? Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's fair because we are humans and, and, and we're very reactive people and we're constantly feeding off of one another's quote unquote energy or whatever. And, and so because of that, and the more, uh, I think the more, you know, people, the more history you have with people, the, the more charged that energy gets, you know? Mm-hmm. So it can be something that's like relatively small on the outside, but you've got for us now 22 years of friendship and intimacy and story and history that supercharges these moments, right? So that Mm -hmm. we infuse meaning into them that may not be there necessarily. And then it becomes our, our responsibility to speak words of life into that. And that comes down to parenting as well. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, we've got seven kids on, in varying degrees of ages and, you know, maturity levels and things like that. And part of our job as parents too, is to look past our our shared history that we have with our kids to that moment, see what's in the basement, see what's on the surface, see what they actually need. And then steward our own words properly to speak life into our kids Mm -hmm. in those moments to, to discipline them, to parent them, to encourage them, to offer wisdom, to do all those things and do it in a way that is life giving, right? Cause our words can either give life or death, life and death is in the tongue, right? Yeah. So, how do we parent our kids in a way that gives them life, that speaks life over them? Whenever they've messed up, they're not a mess up. Whenever they've failed, they're not a failure. Whenever they've, you know, whatever, like how do we then steward this amazing privilege and responsibility and honor of being their parents with our words? Mm-hmm. And I think that's so huge. Yeah, and that's a big point that you make in your book is that when you do mess up, like, that first of all isn't your identity and also mm-hmm. there's always hope to make it right mm-hmm. and some of the stories that people have said um to you from that chapter about yeah. like being able to go back to um a, a time where either they said something that they know really hurt someone or something was said to them that really hurt like yeah. to be able to um talk through that and acknowledge that like that's not always the case there are times where maybe there's abuse that's happened um or that kind of thing where maybe reconciliation is not possible. And I I think it's really important to recognize when that is the case. But a lot of times um, you have the power to be able to go back and make things right with someone. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the stories that someone shared with you recently about that was really impactful to me. Stephen read this, uh, I think it was an email that they sent about having read that that chapter and that it reminded them of a time in college Mm -hmm. that... Yeah, I mean, this chapter by far in the book is the one that I've got the most feedback on because I think almost everyone, 
probably everyone can relate in some form or fashion to something that they've even said to someone else that they know. I mean, it's sort of the joke, like me, like what, what is it that's the meme that's like the guy like thinking over and over and over, replaying that thing in my head that I said over and over and over again, you know? Because no. you know, I mean, as soon as, generally speaking, like you kind of know when you've said something and it's like the wrong thing, you know, if you have any self-awareness at all, which I'm growing in my self-awareness. <laughs> <laughs> or if it's awkward. I think that was the meme that I'd seen. Or if like, it's awkward. I just know that if I've ever said something awkward to you, I'm going to be thinking about it every night for the next yeah. 50 years. You know? Yeah. But like sometimes you know in the moment, sometimes it takes a little bit of time. Sometimes someone has to tell you, hey, you said something to me that hurt me. I think the idea is that like as far as it's up to you, you can be an agent of healing. You can be an agent that helps them to... Uh, to move on and move with uh, the the experience in a way that's helpful, right? So, like, from so I, I talk about the story of a boss that I had in um, when I when we were first married, and uh, man, I just wrote him like a really mad email. I felt like I was just getting taken advantage of, and I mean, we, was, we were struggling. We were struggling, and yeah, you were doing a lot of work, and really, I mean, this was like your first kind of gig, so it was like. Not paying very well. You're yeah. really paying your dues, yeah. which is something that I think most you people kind of have to do. Go yeah. through, yeah. Um, and so, if you're in that place, just know, like, it's okay to pay your dues. You know, you may not be the CEO of a company two weeks in. You may not get, the, you know, it's okay to pay your dues and take your time. So, but for me, I was impatient and idealistic and whatever. And I said some things that I really should not have said to my boss, and he was very patient with me, very kind to me. And uh, it was about 15 years later. I saw him at a, at a grocery store, you know, and, uh, that day on the way home, I just felt like I was reminded of the, what I had sent to him that email. And, uh, so I sent him a text cause we exchanged numbers that day. And I said, dude, I don't even know if you will remember this or not, but I said some things to you like all those years ago that honestly, I'm really ashamed of. I'm really embarrassed by, and, uh, had no excuse for doing that. And I would ask that you please forgive me. And he said, man, thank you so much for sending this. Like I had totally forgotten about it. But now that you say like, I'm remembering just how hurt I was by it. Cause here I was, my family was struggling. We were trying to, you know, do this. And I was trying to pour into you and teach you what I could and give you an opportunity to, you know, to grow in your craft and all that. And, uh, and it just felt like it came out of nowhere and it really hurt me. So this has been a very healing email. Thank you for that. And so, man, that, that story has resonated with people because like they are seeing and kind of taking inventory of maybe the things that they've said in the past that maybe you've kind of given up on like, well, it's too late to, it's too late to apologize, you know? Um, but they do it. And then they get these responses back from people like, Oh my gosh, you have no idea how much it means to me that you would send this email or send this text or send this Facebook message or whatever, because like that's been haunting me for years. And it started with this one this girl named Alyssa sent it and uh, she said, and then, and then it's been like a steady stream of messages from people doing that uh, over the last couple of months. Um, just saying, yeah, I need to do apologize for this thing. And I did. And I'm so glad that I did. So all that to say, like, it's never too late, right? <laughs> it's, it's never too late to say, I'm sorry. It's never too late as far as it's up to you to try to make things right. And I say that as far as, as far as it's up to you, very soberly minded because like you can't force someone to heal. You can't force someone to change. You can't force someone to forgive. You can't force someone. Everyone does that on their own timeline. Right. Um, there are opportunities 
um, or maybe lack of opportunities. There are times where maybe you've been really wounded by someone and the truth is that they will probably never apologize to you or give you the closure that you feel like you need or deserve. Um, and that's something I really love about Lisa Turkhurst's book on forgiveness yeah. is that um, it's, it talks about how to find forgiveness and how it's not really dependent on the other person recognizing what they've done to you or what they've said to you or the harm that they've caused. Yeah. Um, that book was really impactful for me to kind of wrestle through some things. Yeah. If you haven't read it, it's called forgiving what you can't forget by Lisa Turkhurst. She's mm-hmm. brilliant. We're actually going to have her on the podcast here pretty quick. Yeah, She's going to talk about her new book, which is uh, good boundaries and goodbyes. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Good good goodbyes and good boundaries something like that it's mm-hmm. it's i can't um, wait to read it because she either. just has so much wisdom and so much grace and just talking about going through really challenging things and having things spoken to her that have just been so heartbreaking mm. and how do you find forgiveness for that and how do you find healing for yourself mm. regardless of what anyone else says or does it's very empowering and very yeah. um very encouraging so there there are times where maybe you don't get that closure that you deserve, but that doesn't mean that you can't find healing mm-hmm. from the words that have been spoken to you. And yeah. so um, I just love that so much. Yeah. I think uh, one of the big emphases here is emphases, emphases here, uh, that just as much as your words can be uh, instruments of pain and heartache and heartbreak and wounding and trauma, that's, that's very real. That's very true. They can also be instruments of life and instruments of hope and instruments of encouragement. And so the choice is really up to us today. And it may be something that you have to choose every single day. You may not be naturally bent to want to be an encourager, right? (laughs) You may not be a natural like words of affirmation person who that's your love language is to give out words of affirmation or whatever. And that's okay. I, I think one of the things that I'm trying to do I'm really not good at it still, but I'm really trying to be an encourager. And I'm, I'm really trying, and we were talking about this this weekend. Um, it's like, I really just want my first response when someone says something to me to not be defensive, to not be frustrated, to not be annoyed, to not be whatever, but to be like, yeah, you know, and like affirm their their point of being like point of view perspective, whatever. And it may be that that's a place where we have a discussion or something like that. But like, I I feel like for me, uh, I naturally, for whatever reason, I I just get defensive and I don't, I don't want to be that guy, you know? So like my, what I'm praying through even now is like, how can I become, become a person? How can I discipline myself? How can I, whatever to every word, to come out of my mouth, be a word of encouragement, affirmation as, mm-hmm. as much as possible. And, uh, you know, that's I, a, that's a really hard thing. Sometimes. I think that's a challenge for every person, but I think at the end of the day, it's what we want for ourselves and what we want for others. Yeah. Right. And we see how powerful it is. Um, I think we can all remember like times where someone said something to us that was just incredibly encouraging, Yeah, whether it was a compliment or they, yeah, they, they, they see something in you. That maybe you, you are nervous about or, mm-hmm. or insecure about. And then they say something like, you know, you're really good at that. Or I love how you're able to do that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, 
they they notice something and they and they say it, they speak it out, yeah. and and it can stick with you just like those hurtful words can stick with you for years. Those words as well of encouragement can stick with you for years, and they can give mm-hmm. you encouragement to, or um, courage to yeah to take leaps of faith to to you know follow uh, your dreams and to to do things that maybe are on your heart but you're scared to do. And mm-hmm. and I I just think through some of those times where people have spoken things over me. And it has been so incredibly impactful. And so how much that inspires me to want to do that for my children, for my husband, for the people around me. When you're able to keep that perspective, like it can Mm -hmm. be incredibly powerful. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I think about you that I I most admire is how good you are at doing that. I can think about the times that you come to me and you tell me things that are encouraging. Like that's fuel for me Mm -hmm. for like the week. You know what I mean? And when I see you doing that with the girls and I see you like, you know, like all of our girls are like teenagers now and they're in like very like hard to navigate things in life because of where they are. And you just come alongside them and encourage them like in, in ways that their hearts need, you know, and, I and just, our boys need that. And too. our boys do too. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying you don't do that with the boys. I'm just saying I'm specifically thinking right, right. now of just that kind of compassionate kindness and encouragement that you give our daughters is just so inspiring to me yeah. and it really encourages me and 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 to me you know and to our and to our boys and girls just like to talk more I they think do is the thing. yeah so they they lo- love to have these deep rich conversations every day so there's a lot of opportunity there but that's not to say that boys also don't need encouragement spoken over them all the time Jude, for <laughs> instance he's he's gonna try out for the basketball team yeah and he's such a natural athlete he is. and he's really nervous about it to the point where he's like, uh, maybe I should just not try out at all. And we're like, we're like dude, dude, you're yeah. freaking trying you, out. You, you're <laughs> capable, you're strong, you can do this, yeah. you know, and like our kids, they need to hear that. Speaking life over them, you know, yeah. and, uh, the, and they may not like visibly receive it like you may not really get a lot of feedback especially with teen boys like they'll probably you know a lot of the times we try to encourage the boys and they just kind of brush it off like eh, whatever dad you know but like <laughs> teenagers in general but i know it's feeding their soul you know i know that it is yeah. i can think back i mean so it's funny because you know we do social media for a living which is wild i never thought i'd be able to say that or would say that or would want to say that whatever i don't know but it's <laughs> what we do it's our reality and so like you know you can get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments that are all like super encouraging and it's just the one mm. negative comment that you fixate on like it's so frustrating you know what i mean yeah but i think as much as that there can be that one comment that you know sticks with you and this we're going to get into our beautiful people segment here in a second um but i just i think about Back to gym class, you know, there are all these horrific experiences for me in gym class. And there was one time, this kid, JD, I don't remember any other kid's name from gym class. Well, I remember one other kid's name from gym class. <laughs> the instigator of all <laughs> oh, the, all the yeah. But there was this one kid, JD. He was an older kid. He was popular, really athletic. And uh, I had never been picked first. I was always picked last. Like literally, they would say my name and everybody would groan like, oh, we have to have him on our team. But there was this one day that JD was like, 
Miller. Like they were picking teams and I was the first one and I didn't even catch it because I'm like just hanging out on the back wall like waiting, you know. And he's like, Miller, I want you on my team, man. We're playing like indoor soccer. He's like, you look like you kicked that ball really hard. Let's go get this thing, you know. And I was just like, I'm going to literally cry. Hey, <laughs> there's something about being picked and there's something about being told that you're, that you matter and being told, not just like, you know, like he told me, like, you look like you could kick pretty hard. Let's go. You, yeah. We've got this. I choose you. You're first picked. And those encouraging words that were spoken in, I think, seventh grade. Mm -hmm. I think that was seventh grade. So like 75 years ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 75. We do feel. It still old. sticks with me. You know, when my dad tells me he's proud of me, it still sticks with me. You know, whenever you tell me that I've made a delicious dinner, you know, it still sticks with me. When you tell me I'm a good dad, when you tell me I'm a good driver, which I don't know if has ever happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the driving is a, a little. But like, <laughs> you know, those things, those things really do stick to you. Yeah. And like in, a, in the best way possible, bring healing to those places that are jacked up. Mm. Right. And so, and I think you would have those same kind of stories. Words so, of affirmation are really powerful for me. And it, yeah. I, I, it's it's almost like I crave that, you know, and I think a lot of people do, especially if you um, maybe lacked that earlier in your yeah. life or had seasons maybe where you didn't feel that. It, yeah. it, it is something that I think can just be extremely healing, yeah. more, more so than the person that's giving it probably knows. Yeah. yeah. So. so I think a couple things we can uh, – you know, maybe challenge you with today on the podcast or not like a preachy podcast, but I, but I do want to always give it like a practical street level thing that you can kind of work on in this way. I think number one, who do you have around you that is speaking life to you? Who do you have that you can look up to and say, I want to be like that. Who are, who, who, are, who are you surrounding yourself with? Who are you being influenced by? Who are you listening to? If everybody around you is talking to you like you don't matter, like you don't belong, like you are, you know, are worthless or whatever, probably time to get a new friend group, okay? Um, as well, you know, if, if, if other people talk to you the way you talk to yourself, like... <laughs> Yeah, self-talk. You know what I mean? It's a big deal. Like, I, I do struggle with this a lot. Like, I have a lot of kind of negative self-talk that I have to, like, rein in a lot and, like, kick those lies out of my life and replace them with the truth. And that's why I'm so passionate about this. But, like, the words you speak to yourself um, have a lot of power and a lot of, uh, you know, weight in your life um, to move you the direction that you should go, can go, have the power to go, all of that, or not or paralyze you with anxiety, fear, frustration, anger, bitterness. Uh, so what's your self-talk? How are you talking to yourself? How are you talking to others? Is there a way that maybe you can say, hey, I need you to hold me accountable to somebody? Is there someone in your life that you can say, hey, I see the way that you are a life dealer with your words. Like you just give out life like it's candy at a parade, you know, with your words. I want to be like that. Can you hold me accountable, you know, yeah. to do that? If you hear me say something that, you know, can you help me with this? Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a kid. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a pastor or a, you know, community group leader or just a friend, you know. But who are you surrounding yourself with? Who are you learning from in this way? 
and how are you talking to yourself? And I think those are some questions that you can ask yourself. Um, and then ask other people too. Hey, am I a life dealer with my words or a death dealer with my words? And then be willing to listen to them whenever they tell you. Because it may not be a, an answer you like. They might not deal back life <laughs> with their answer. <laughs> but I think in the end, like we're trying to become better versions of us of ourselves and we're trying to heal heal the world oh my gosh make it better and we're starting with the man in the mirror to asking him to change his ways you know <laughs> that's two michael jackson songs wow. in a row wow. <laughs> yeah. um anyway do you have anything you would add to that babe i mean I, I feel like you're so good at this i'm like no i think that that's incredibly true and, and good <laughs> I mean, I, I really don't have anything else to add. I'm really I, receiving I that life yeah, feeling you just gave me. I was just like right there with you. It's like, yes, yes. So, I love yeah. it. Well, guys, uh, we're going to talk about somebody who did. This is our beautiful people segment, uh, which, by the way, if you haven't gone back to last week's episode um, for the beautiful people segment, um, we did a video chat with a girl named Haley Arsenault, who was just phenomenal and you should go back and watch her story because it was amazing. But this week's Beautiful People segment uh, is about a, a boy in gym class. So that's where we keep coming back to this gym class thing. Uh, it's a video going viral. A middle school-aged boy was struggling in gym class to jump onto a workout plate only a few inches off the ground. And he wasn't very athletic, so you could tell he was struggling in gym class with a few basic movements. And a few weeks later, with the encouragement of his classmates, he was able to jump onto a 12-inch box. His whole class has been cheering him on, and uh, it's it's amazing to see instead of the bullying from these people, them encouraging him and him being able to do this thing he couldn't do weeks earlier because his class was cheering him on and helping him to do this thing. And so that just shows you again the power of our words and the power of our encouragement and how we choose to employ the things that come out of our mouth. Are, are they projectile weapons or are they like a, a helping hand up, you know, and that's the case with this kid is pretty awesome. So we're going to link that video in the show notes so you can watch that and maybe cry a couple times. I was going to say, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm it. It, it reminds me of, um, Lincoln and how much yes. people at his school just like cheer him on. Yes. He loves to go to school so much because he just has a community there that just cheers yeah. him on and loves him and encourages him. And I, I love seeing that so much. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> and he's such a cheerleader for everybody else too. Yeah, he is. You know, he's always like, yeah, I'm like yeah. hugging everybody. And, yeah. you know, I think we could learn a lot from him. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's it for today's episode, guys. But we love you so much. Cannot wait to see you next time. If you have not already subscribed, I'm going to say it again. I said it at the beginning. This is a nice little sandwich. You know, bookend. We got all the stuff in the middle. Make sure you subscribe. Family Made on YouTube. What's up, beautiful people on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, we'd love for you to do that. Leave a review if it's a good one. Don't leave a review if it's a bad one. <laughs> Think about the, the message we've been saying today. Think about the children. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Oh my gosh. Anyway, we love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.